You're listening to Missing and Murdered Women, a podcast that explores violence against women. My name is Coda, and I have always been a crime nerd, fascinated with the psychology of crime and victimization and how the justice system functions to provide closure to victims and their families. I have always been especially interested in the victimization of women, which is a topic the World Health Organization has called a world health crisis. As a note, this episode will be a little shorter than my normal episodes, but I do think it is an important story to be told. On this, the seventh episode of Missing and Murdered Women, I am telling you the story of Brooke Wilberger, a college student who was spending the summer working at a family business. That business would be the last place friends or family would see her alive. Let's get into it. Brooke Wilberger was born on February 20th, 1985 to parents Greg and Cammie in Fresno, California. She became national news when she was just 19 years old studying at Brigham Young University. She was a devout Mormon dating a boy named Justin Blake and they were on summer holiday. Justin was doing missionary work in Venezuela and Brooke was helping out at an apartment complex owned by her brother and sister-in-law. On May 24, 2004, Brooke was outside cleaning lampposts when she went missing. She failed to come back inside for lunch and when her sister-in-law went looking for her, she saw no sign of Brooke, just her flip-flops left behind in the parking lot. Her sister-in-law reported her missing, and over the course of the investigation led by local police, 216 law enforcement personnel from across the country had a hand in working the case, including members of the district attorney's office and the FBI. It began with an exhaustive 11-day search. The police and the family helped raise awareness of Brooke's disappearance by using the media, billboards, and a public awareness campaign. In total, police received about... 4,500 tips, which they kept track of in a database provided by the Oregon State Police. Brooke's case was the first missing persons case to be shown on America's Most Wanted, around a month after she went missing. The first person of interest in the case was a man named Sung Koo Kim, who was under investigation for stealing items from women's homes and bedrooms. These items included brawls and underwear, but police later found other items such as dryer lint and used sanitary products that came had stolen. Many of these items were sorted and labeled with names, dates, and places. Police also found seven assault rifles and 40,000 images of graphic depictions of violence against women. One of the items of underwear that police recovered had been stolen from a woman who lived in the same apartment complex where Brooke had been abducted. However, he was eventually cleared in the case and sentenced to 11 years, of which he served five. Police did have another tip to go off, a green van that was seen near the apartment complex. This 1997 Green Dodge Caravan was eventually tied back to a man named Joel Patrick Courtney. Courtney grew up in Portland but had lived in Alaska, New Mexico, and Florida, and according to his sister, had began using drugs at age 11 and had once had to have been stopped with force to prevent him from raping her. He was 43 years old in 2004 and married with three kids. He was also a registered sex offender having had raped a woman in New Mexico. This victim had looked similar to Brooke and was attacked on the New Mexico State Campus. He was arrested for this crime on November 30th, 2004. When police searched his van, they found Brooke Wilberger's DNA, and he was arrested on August 2nd, 2005. He was indicted by a grand jury on 19 counts related to the abduction, including aggravated murder, kidnapping, sodomy, rape, and sexual abuse. He pled guilty and even confessed, telling authorities how he kidnapped Brooke Wilberger. 
He pretended to be a delivery man and cornered her in the parking lot before forcing her into the green van. He then bound her and transported her in his vehicle to a place where he sexually assaulted her before killing her. He blamed her for her own murder, saying that he realized he had to kill her because she fought too hard, and he knew she would contact authorities. Brooke wasn't his first victim, and she wasn't even his first victim that day. He had tried to kidnap two other women from nearby Oregon State University that same morning. For these attempted kidnappings, he was charged with attempted murder, attempted kidnapping, and attempted rape. He was slated to face the death penalty, but gave up the location of Brooke's remains in a deal with prosecutors. He was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. The exact location of Brooke's remains were never released to the public. After Brooke's remains were recovered, Cammie Wilbur gave the following statement. We just really feel gratitude even for Mr. Courtney that he could see fit to tell us where we could find Brooke. While I normally would soapbox here about all of the societal issues that led to Brooke's untimely end, there really isn't one I can point to here. Brooke was not acting in any way that would lead people to believe she was in danger. The police pulled out all the stops looking for her, and while Joel Courtney had done this to other women, he hadn't been known to police all that much previously, and he didn't know his victim. This is just another story of how truly any woman can be the victim to a man who is willing to rape and murder for his own desires. Thank you so much for listening to the seventh episode of Missing and Murdered Women about the disappearance of Brooke Wilbur. I hope you will join me on this journey to tell the stories of women who have had their voices taken from them. New episodes come out every Saturday. In the meantime, you can reach out with comments, suggestions, or corrections to at the MMWPod on Twitter or Instagram, or email me directly at missingandmurderedwomenpodcast at gmail.com. Sources are cited in the show notes as well as sources for music and links to all of the show's social media accounts. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends or leave us a review. Stay safe and come back next week.